Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the 18 Degrees Below Horizon podcast. Real conversations about mental wellness because no one should feel alone. Join your hosts, Dr. Nicola Felton and John Fouts, as they discuss relevant topics suggested by listeners just like you. Keep in mind that our content is for edutainment purposes only since a podcast is a one-way street. We hope that we can inspire you to find therapy if you need it. Yeah, and give you some laughs while we're at it. Well, you know, usually um, I'm the one who starts off and doesn't hand the mic back to you. So if you wanted to start off with your thought for a change, <laughs> that would be fine with me. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. Well, so, you know, the topic is um, is unapologetically you or unapologetically me. Mm-hmm. And in processing that, thinking about how people can say what they want to say, do and be whoever they want to be without feeling that they have to apologize to everyone. And when I was thinking about this topic, I was thinking about what if we took that to another level? Because what that means when someone reads that title, it's like the person that's speaking, the one who's giving me this information is not going to apologize for what they're saying. It's like, this is how I feel and I'm going to put it out there. And, you know, so I want to know what the what the real deal is on this person that I'm listening to. And I don't think I want people to come into this podcast thinking that, you know, Dr. Nicola is about to like really lay it on the line. She's going to lay it on thick and she's just going to have all her her blackness and all her Jamaican hood and all her biraciality <laughs> out there for the world to see, you know. Right. But but that's not what it's about. When right. I really gave it some deep thought, I started thinking about all the people of, um, you know, white America um, Jewish America, Italian America, people who classify themselves as white, mm-hmm. uh, whether they are or not, but that's how they classify themselves, apologizing for what their ancestors have done, apologizing for staying silent when they should have spoken up, apologizing for not knowing what to do, apologizing for being um, mindless when things happen, to being oblivious when you know things are going on. I read um, a note just this morning when a gentleman said, look, newsflash, Police officers are not going to pull you over if you don't break the law. And it's like, look, newsflash, your white privilege is showing, you know, because that's not true. <laughs> it, you know, that, right. that doesn't You're happen right. with everyone. And so, but what I, you know, I have a message to the people who feel as though they need to apologize. A message to the people who feel as though they need to, they need to say something. They feel this sense of obligation because all of a sudden, you know, we're filming things. And so the light bulb goes off. Uh, goes on and Mm -hmm. we're saying oh I see that now I see you you know and I see you is a phrase that um, black people use to each other and to other people to say I see the progress you're making I see how you are growing I see how you're advancing Mm -hmm. and that's kind of what I want to say to people who feel the need to reach out and apologize I want you to see us Mm-hmm. as the same way you see each other. When you look in the mirror, you see yourself. And if you see something you don't like, you try to cover it up. You know, mm-hmm. eyeliner, makeup, a hat, whatever you don't like, you try to cover it up. And so I'm saying, 
stop apologizing because to say you're sorry is to say that everything that I've done and I've identified as I may have done in the darkness and you haven't, you've been very mindful and very open Mm -hmm. about how you live your life. And people are just asking that they live their lives the same way that you're able to see them Mm -hmm. as who they are as human beings, as people for things that they've accomplished, things that they've acquired and things they have to offer and give to to you Mm -hmm. to give to society as a whole and stop apologizing for it. Nobody wants to say, uh, or even hear that you're sorry. You're sorry for what? You didn't do anything. Right. You didn't do anything. But you have to, when we were talking about policing your own, you have to start making changes. Because if a person tells me, uh, I apologize, and they're not even certain what they're apologizing for, and then I see them do something or say something that I think is um, counter to what they were, at least what I assumed that they were apologizing for, mm-hmm. that I'm wondering... Why did you even say you're sorry? So it's better for me not to ever see you uh, behave in a racist manner than it, it is for me to hear you say, I'm really sorry. Mm-hmm. You know, because I, I have this dear friend that I love her to death. And for her to say, I'm really sorry that that's your reality is so overwhelming to me because Mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I love and respect you so much. And you don't even understand my reality. Mm -hmm. You don't, you apologizing. You know, you're sorry that I have to go through that, but you're probably very happy that you don't have to go through that. Right. You know, right. That's what I hear. That's what I hear you saying. Right. Because you don't, you know, it's like you saw something. This has been going on for years. Mm -hmm. This has been going on forever. This is going on for 401 years and beyond. Mm-hmm. So why are you you sorry now? Because someone put it in your face mm-hmm. because they videotaped it. Right. You knew about it, you know, and, and, you know, and that's what we call like hiding behind your whiteness, mm-hmm. you know. Right. Um, and it's, you know, and, and, and we can hide behind it. And it's not just white people. We, we all hide behind it. Sure. Some people are in denial and think, well, it doesn't really happen. And um, you have to break the law and other sort of cops to stop you. And mm-hmm. basically you put yourself in this position, in this situation. And so then something's bad, is going to happen. And mm-hmm. that's not true at all. It's one thing people need to realize that things happen to people, even when they didn't do anything wrong. Right. Like I think the, the most interesting, and I hope I'm not all over the place, but the most interesting <laughs> aspect of this whole George Floyd thing that came out is me finding out that they knew each other. And I was like, like, where did that come from yeah. like to, to 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 think that they were both security guards someplace together? Because Judge Ford's, you know, worked as a security guard in mm-hmm. different places. And I guess this police officer maybe moonlighted in certain places. So now we have something different. Right. It's Context. even beyond. Right. We, yeah, you have. Yeah, exactly. You have some content to go with it going whether or not it was there a personal vendetta or there's a mm-hmm. problem. Did this person get a job over you or you didn't like the way they did something? So now this this comes to be something different. Right. You know, um, and and you have to like really, really look at it because you say, you know, the police officer was acting, you know, within his rights or whatever. I don't know. He didn't really think that the guy was um, having a hard time breathing. Somebody said, well, if you're saying I can't breathe then you can breathe. No, right. that's not true. But that's what you're saying. <laughs> and we're misunderstanding and taking it all out of context. And the reality of it was I'm pissed off at you. And now right. I'm a police officer and you're you're just a criminal. So I have an opportunity to get back at you for all the jobs you took from me or that I felt like you got over me. Right. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? I'm just I'm speculating, speculating. But the fact that they actually knew each other, that means you also knew that he wasn't a criminal. Right. You knew that you can have a conversation with this person that you had your knee on his neck. Like right. this is 
to me, it's worse because it's like you you are able to give him the benefit of the doubt because this is a black man that you actually know. Right. And it. So, yeah. Yeah. And that shows it, that um, policemen. I mean, nobody's perfect. We can all make bad decisions. Um, mm-hmm. But that goes to show that we really need to do. I think better psychological evaluations of people exactly. who want to get into the police force there. Exactly. I don't think there's any scanner, you know, like, Oh, you're a racist. You can't be a cop. I, you know, it would be nice if there was a scanner, just like people yes. get scanned going into buildings and oh, you have a fever of 103. Mm-hmm. Uh, we better, mm-hmm. you know, shove the Q-tip up your nose and see if you have COVID-19, but right. there's, there has to be some sort of psycho psychological evaluation that cops can go through because there's so many good cops out there and there's so many, and and they try their best to be um, colorblind and they try to be very impartial and they try to look at things very much by the book. But when, um, and I cannot remember the, uh, the name of the guy down in Atlanta when this is awful, I should have it in my notes, but the guy who was at the Wendy's in the drive-thru and he fell asleep and Mm -hmm. he was drunk uh, from what the reports were. But I mean, you know, anybody could have done that. And I think about Emily, my daughter, who works way too hard and she works a full-time job as an assistant general manager of a restaurant chain in um, Charlotte. And um, and then she is taking classes at the community college so she can get her degree. I mean, like she is just, uh, just always on. And there have been times where she would just sit down, uh, come over and visit, and she would sit down and just relax for an instant and she's asleep. So mm-hmm. what if that was my daughter in the line at Wendy's? But the difference is my daughter is white and she's pretty. Mm-hmm. That may be biased, but you know, Emily, I think she's pretty. Yeah. Um, she's and so the po- <laughs> inside and out. But the police would have viewed that differently than a black man falling mm-hmm. asleep because then then you're suspect. What's you know, it's and that's the mentality that has to change. And. Mm-hmm. And yeah. and so here's a little example of discrimination and based upon my point of view. Um, back in the 90s, when I was really in good shape and the, I was uh, I played Jesus in two Easter plays every year and my hair would be out and, you know, like down past my collarbone and I'd have this huge beard and um, people would pass me tracks trying to get me saved when I went to Walmart. It was awesome. And so <laughs> when I tried to return a um, and people said, look, you either look like Jesus or you look like Charles Manson. They, they really didn't know how to take this big, muscular guy with all this wow. hair. I mean, kind of caveman looking dude. But anyway, um, I was used to being able to go into Belks and return a shirt or a pants or whatever if it didn't fit. And if I didn't have a receipt, ah, it's OK. No big deal. When I went in there looking, you know, like uh, Jesus, Charles, uh, Charlie Manson kind of, you know, hybrid, um, they were uh, when I walked up there with my shirt and they were like, whoa, I mean, they were immediately taken aback. And I said, I need to return this. Oh, well, not without a receipt. And I said, well, this, you've never done that to me before. And she was mm-hmm. like, oh, no, I'm, I'll, I'm calling the manager now. And I'm like, wow, wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, yeah. and I said, I don't have the receipt anymore. I thought this was no, no, no. I'm calling the manager right now. You need to leave. And I'm like, then I'm leaving. So mm-hmm. once the play was over, I got a haircut and shaved my beard off, went in there with the same shirt without a receipt and got it. Uh, I returned it and exchanged it. Mm-hmm. But, because you were just by how you looked. Exactly. But the thing yeah. is. I could shave my hair and cut my beard and then I'm acceptable. 
but mm-hmm. someone like uh you know floyd mm-hmm. can't not be black you know what i mean so mm-hmm. we're being exactly we're, th- exactly everybody is judging based upon your skin color and that's wrong mm-hmm. i i, I mean mm-hmm. like when eddie murphy did the whole stand up and um anyway his big hbo event that really put him on the map and i remember mm-hmm. um oh my gosh now i can't remember the um um uh, cosby was just like you know what i don't know what to think about this you, you shouldn't be this crass and crude blah 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 well from my experience all the black men that were father figures in my life were were just like mr jones who was um my kind of mentor and and my teacher in college art teacher and this guy was just amazing but he was exemplary in his life as well and he would share his positive thoughts and he would try to give kids something positive to think about and challenge um our life choices you know just a positive role model but he never swore he never talked about mr t taking anybody you know what i mean (laughs) um (laughs) and so I, so, you know, it was kind of foreign to hear, you know, and, and so I, it, but my whole point is, if you will look past the skin color, you will find people that you need in your life to give you guidance, because I can't tell anybody uh, uh, the amount of change within me, my heart, mind and spirit, not to mention my artistic talent um, that was molded by Mr. Jones. You know, mm-hmm. and he, his door was always open to his office if I ever needed to talk to him about anything. And I was um, working um, a couple of jobs, uh, video jobs while I was going to school and had one child and another one on the way. And he was very supportive, you know, and, and mm-hmm. so that's the opportunities missed across the board when people want to segregate, when people want to say, whoa, I, I can't, you know, and it's on all sides of the track. But I think that. Mm-hmm. Together, diversity makes us stronger. Right. But, you know, we've got to unlearn some things and relearn some things because reality of it is, and we could talk about it all day long about how (laughs) Mm -hmm. it is important to include everyone. Mm -hmm. It's important to uh, know a a protest is a protest. It's not like white people are protesting and black people are rioting. Um, You have to be able to to be able to see, but you have to go all the way back because when we talk about things that were wrong to uh, black Americans, mm-hmm. we talk about about slavery mm-hmm. um, and then the ending of, of, of slavery, when slavery ended, which is why we have Juneteenth in the first place, Indeed. when slavery ended, it, right. you know, it didn't end. Like we got two years later that we're like, what do you mean we're free? Oh, really? <laughs> you know, but at the same time you had, you had, you had black people didn't know what to do. Where, where right, we go now? Right, you know, right. we just learned this language. We just learned about Christianity. What, where do we go now? Right. And then you had white people who actually had enslaved black people. Some of them were good. Mm-hmm. They said, you know, black people say some of the masters were good because they didn't rape us and they right. didn't beat us. Right. They just owned us and they made us work and they didn't give us wages, but they gave us a place to live and they gave us food. Mm-hmm. And when you go to a foreign country, just like other foreigners that come to the United States of America, mm-hmm. and you don't speak the language and you learn the language you the 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 american dream becomes i have a roof over my head and i have food in my belly Mm -hmm. and that's about it that's all i want right Uh, but when when white americans had to deal with um slaves people that they had owned becoming equal or being considered equal being considered a whole person not animal not something you own right they had, had a fear of what what would they have done had they been enslaved and then set free? They'd be mad as hell. Right. <laughs> They'd be trying to kill everyone that enslaved them. Right. 
and and that's what they expected. People expect you to treat them the same way they treated you mm-hmm. when you were under their thumb. Right. So we can't let this, these these people be free. Right. Because being free means they're going to kill us for what we did because what we did was wrong. Right. And if we can acknowledge that that what we did was wrong, and I use we inclusively, mm-hmm. um, but. If, if we could acknowledge what we were doing, what did was wrong, and that's what reparations were was supposed to be for, right. 40 acres on a mule, we did this thing wrong to you, but now you're here in the country and you are an American, so we're going to give this to you. But we never gave it to you because we never consider you equal. Right. So we teach this to our children that blacks are less than, blacks are equal, mm-hmm. blacks are angry, blacks are want to, you know, they want to, mm-hmm. you know, fight. These are things that we expect them to do because mm-hmm. of what has been done to them. This is 2020. Right. Black America, we're, we're not we're not trying to enslave white people. We're mm-hmm. not trying to, you know, be angry with them. We just want us to be able to do what we want to do and not right. be concerned. I had a, um, a friend talk to me the other day, very recently, about how she was pulled over like six months ago and that the cop had, you know, taken his, uh, unsnapped his pistol had his hand on his pistol mm. and he was asking her questions about where she was going and you know has she had been drinking and i was like what you know, i was just very very surprised yeah um and then i started thinking like when does something ever happen like we're so in tuned with things happening i remember driving my husband's sports car this was probably eight years ago i had a very young police officer pull me over and i remember saying to myself Okay, you've got to slow down because you can't make it seem like they're, you know, chasing you. Right. You've got to pull over in a in a lit area because you don't want it not to be seen. Right. Um, but I knew that I wasn't speeding or anything. And this cop me over. He said, "Can I have your license registration?" I said, "I'm reaching into my glove." You know, he had to explain everything. Right. right? Even though he asked for it, you got to tell what you're doing. Uh, put both hands on the steering wheel. And it was something that was ingrained in me. It was something that was taught, like, this is what you need to do. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, do white parents teach their kids to do this when the cops pull them over? <laughs> you, you give them the simple of, cop, ask for, ask for your license registration, you give it to them. Right. Not once he asks for your license registration, you have to put both hands on the steering wheel. Mm-hmm. You have to ask permission to get your license registration. You have to say what you're doing every step of the way. Right. You have to pull out your license registration. Put both your hands on the steering wheel with the license registration still in your hand. You have to say, I want to be able to give it to you. Do you want me to hand it to you now? Right. Officer, please, sir. Right. You know? Right. And, and then they say yes. And don't ask them why they pulled you over, even if you know you weren't speeding. Right. So, but I did all of that, but I still said, can you tell me why you pulled me over? Because uh-huh. I, I wasn't speeding. Um, and he said, well, you used to have a very nice car. And I just had some questions about the oh car. My really? I'm uh, on the way to work. Right. You know? And at the time, let me be honest with you, I was driving my husband's little sports car. I was a little bit flattered. They pulled me over. But you know, I didn't drive my husband's car after that. I said, I don't want your right. car. Well, and, and that's you know? wrong to usurp that joy that you got, that fun mm-hmm. off, off driving that car, you know? I said, I don't want this car. That car ended up totally totally wrecked. Um, But I was like, I don't like this car. But it was was one of those things. But here's the thing. Had I been um, a white male, I don't know if he would have pulled me over Mm -hmm. or if he would have just searched the web to see what kind of car that was. Right. And I do believe that being an older black female Mm -hmm. kept him from any violence. They don't connect me with violence. Right. Um, and so I just was compliant. And then he said, you know, nice car. Have a nice day. 
And I'm like, thank you, officer. Look, thank you for making me late for work. Right. <laughs> and going, in, you know, I'm already two hours from my job in the first place. Right. So I, but I remember going into work and I said, I'm sorry, I'm late. I got pulled over. And I was like, oh, my God, are you speeding? Don't, don't ever speed to get here. And I got this long spiel about your <laughs> life is more valuable than anything. And I don't want you to speed to go to work. If you're running late, just call it in or whatever. Just let us know. It's no big deal. We've got you covered. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting there saying to myself, you know, almost 10 years later, but I wasn't speeding. Right. But that's where they went to. So white America was went to, well, you must have known something wrong for them to pull you over. And I don't want you to do that just to get to work. Right. And not if and I asked myself, had I had a black supervisor, would they have said, oh, my goodness, you've been harassed. Right. They would. Right? Have, they would have gotten it. Yeah. Right. But see, that is white. That is a part of white privilege. Right. Where you automatically assume I must have been doing something wrong. Right. And I and I wasn't. And I wasn't actually. I wasn't even running late until I got pulled over. Mm-hmm. That made me late. Right. And like this is, you know, and so you start thinking back on those times. And that's the thing. We have normalized. Um, our, our normal is it's different. It's different than your normal. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Right. And so if I say I got pulled over, you say you got to stop speeding. Mm-hmm. But if I said to a black person, was it a white kid? Was it an older guy? Mm-hmm. Right. Did they give you a ticket? You know, mm-hmm. you have those questions where you're now thinking that the cop must have done something wrong. Mm-hmm. So back to your comment about the psychological evals, police officers and anyone that works in, you know, within society, um, firemen, everyone, they do get psychological evals, but they're very basic mm. and they're kind of uh, lean towards. Can you do this job? Is this right. job going to affect you? They don't have anything about uh, showing your bias, you know, mm-hmm. uh, or showing your racism or showing your sexism or showing your genderism. <laughs> they don't have anything to identify that. However, if you are a police officer and you are involved in a murder, they will do a psychological evaluation after the fact. Mm-hmm. See, and that needs to happen before. Right. And so basically, if we change up how we do things, we will be able to weed out some people. Mm-hmm. Because I remember watching um, a gentleman, I think he was a Hispanic gentleman, but he was sitting on the stand. He was involved in a, he was a police officer, a former police officer. He was involved in a murder uh, with a bunch of other people. Um, and he's actually part of some kind of gang, and they were taking out uh, black minor, young black minorities. Mm-hmm. A lot of them were up and coming, like kids that were they were really good in school, really good athletes that you knew they had a really good, um, healthy life ahead of them uh, if they stayed on the straight and narrow. Mm-hmm. But this was a team of people, a gang of people who basically was trying to weed them out. They weren't going to let them reproduce. They weren't going to let them live. Wow. Yes, they were kidnapping them. They were beating them. They were hanging them. Mm. Um, but he was a part part of this gang and what was so sad to me um was when they asked him if he had a bias against black people now he's sitting on the stand and i know perjury is a thing but people lie on the stand right all the time and he could not hide his racism mm-hmm. and they asked do you have a bias against black people i don't understand the question <laughs> do you hate black people I, I don't know if i can answer that question wow Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. Are you involved in a gang that went to seek out affluent young black people that that you thought were going to be productive in society and murder them? Mm-hmm. Can you repeat the question? I'm like, oh, my God, he can't even say no. Yeah. Like you go to jail. We already know you did it. 
right? We already know you were part of this gang, Mm -hmm. but he couldn't even lie. So, so here's my thought to that. People who are closing their eyes and pretending that they don't see or hear things, Mm -hmm. that's not the truth. You see it, you hear it because the other people, people that are truly racist, they're not hiding it because they don't think that they're wrong. Right. So they're not hiding it. This guy, in the end, he said, oh, yes, I, 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 I am racist. I am biased against black people. I do not think that they're able, you know, and he goes on with his big spiel. Mm-hmm. And I feel so sorry for him because I'm just like, you really believe that. Like, you mm-hmm. you believe it so much. It's like somebody asked you if your skin was brown and you were like, um, uh, yes. You know, mm-hmm. you know it is, but you're still acting as if it's not. Right. Yeah. Because he, the big thing with this guy was like, how are you Hispanic in this gang with white people? That we were confused. Because <laughs> your people are next. <laughs> like, it, it, it makes absolutely no sense. Like, right. If you go to jail, you're not going to be in the white gang when you get there. Like, right. it's not going to happen. <laughs> uh, but he, he was really tanned. And I was like, what, what is that? You know? Yeah. Um, but he was one of the ones like befriending people and kind of uh, getting people on their side. And so he could lure these these people use the color of his skin in order to lure other little brown boys. Wow. You know, but he had convinced himself that he was not as tan as them. Right. That he was not as brown as them. And it's like really, really sad. Mm-hmm. Same thing happened in slavery times. I mean, we, everybody's angry at everyone because there were, you know, we had the overseers and the slaves and they were normally other slaves mm-hmm. that, that could be trusted, that had never tried to run away, that had never tried to buck the system. And so um, they were often... You know, there were white overseers also, but they were usually poor white people or they were slaves, mm-hmm. uh, senior slaves, older slaves, whatever. And they control them and they they would tell, um, you know, we get the name Uncle Tom comes out of that. Mm. But in Africa, there were Africans who were selling other Africans. Right. You know, black people would not have been able to get captured to the extent that they were had they had, you know, not had other people mm-hmm. of their own uh, nationality and race helping them right. and the sad part about it is that when they got all the slaves they went back and got the ones who had helped them in the first place you know? <laughs> right so we got a, you know we got a job for you now we want you to come over to the united states and run this string for us right, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know so we're not going to pay you either and you're still kind of considered a slave right. but you know like you have no freedom but i know i could trust you right you know? and right. It, it's, it's one of those things just like when i talk about the underground railroad you know we needed some white people to help us get free um, there were some black people to help us get caught and people that's reality of all of it. Right. That's that is reality of all of it, you know. Um, and, and so we have to work together to stop this. But we have mm-hmm. to stop that mentality. We have to stop teaching negativity mm-hmm. because there are some people who really they just don't get it. They just don't understand. I had one lady. Um, I, we were friends on Facebook. I don't think we're friends anymore. <laughs> But, um, you know, she had written on Facebook about she was tired of the double standards and she thought that, um, you know, the, the government was corrupt. And I agree with her, mm-hmm. but I was definitely coming from a whole different side of where she was coming from. Right. Uh, and once we realized that conversation stopped, mm-hmm. you know, and I said, we got to meet in the middle. Right. You know what I mean? Um, she's talking about all the good things Donald Trump did. And I'm talking about all the good things that he undid. Right. Right. And so, like... <laughs> Wait a minute. You're you're on my thread and you're talking to me, but we're like seriously talking about two different things. And right. But I don't think we were able to meet in the middle. We just kind of like parted ways. Yeah. But you know, but that they, you know, they believe that they probably could say the same thing about me. Like, what makes you think that you're right? Well, the fact that people are getting killed and it is um, unfair, unjust, and not equal treatment, mm-hmm. then we're gonna kind of 
think that maybe I might have a, just a little bit better idea about how it's going. But a lot of it is that, you know, we do, everyone on both sides, believe that they are thinking and feeling the right way because it's ingrained in their mind that, mm-hmm. you know, black people are angry, they're violent, mm-hmm. they're thieves, they're this, they're that, and the other. Um, and, and somebody has said that, um, why is it that George Floyd, someone that no one knows, right, um, people are putting their lives in line and they're protesting, I think, for this one person. Mm-hmm. And they don't understand that that's how we got to where we are. Right. When, 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 when slaves were free and they didn't have any money to buy anything and one free slave was caught stealing, someone came up with the idea that all oh, black people steal. Right. You know? And he's stealing because you, you, know, you set him free, but you didn't give him any food. You didn't mm-hmm. give him any money. Right. You didn't give him a house. You didn't give him 40 acres and a mule. He couldn't take care of his family. So right. He had to steal to do so. But you took that one person, you identified him with a whole race of people. Mm-hmm. And that's why we identify with George Floyd. Right. Because he he is representative of a whole race of people. Mm-hmm. You know, nobody nobody knows him. A lot of people do. Actually, I did find out that one of my cousins actually uh, had met him because he was working as a security guard someplace. And she posted pictures of him, which was like amazing to me. <laughs> um, and there's more people, that, more people that knew him than we thought because of where he worked. He was right. like at this... Uh, you know, the big, um, when they do like sports arenas and stuff like that. And so a lot of people actually did get to meet him, but whatever the case may be, it was like enough is enough. Right. You know? And so he became more than just another black guy. Right. And, and that's what people don't understand. It's like when one, one black person does something wrong, mm-hmm. you say, Oh, black people. So yeah, they, they identified this one black person to represent all black men because so many black men are being killed. Like even right. since then, I saw uh, two young boys were hanged. Right out in California, and that that is, and was I'm that- glad they have the FBI looking into it. But I have trust yeah. issues across the board, yeah. and I understand politics far too well, right. and I understand the news right. media and how manipulative they can be. But um, that that's just wrong. It doesn't sound like either one of these people actually hung themselves I, I i don't think it was suicide that's just my opinion and i guess maybe the world will never will never know but it's like you were saying and i think i made this comment a few weeks ago on but i think it was in our pre-start conversation but uh vanel was telling me um about you know uh, uh and i can't remember where it was but there was another black man who was gunned down in a car and so I looked it up online. I started reading the article and I'm like, wow, this is awful. And they still haven't caught anybody. Wait a minute. This was from 2017. And so mm-hmm. there, if you look up black man unjustly murdered by white cops or mm-hmm. whatever, or just by cops, mm-hmm. you will find mm-hmm. a stack of links to articles across the United States. And obviously it's not just a United States problem. Yeah, mm-hmm. the fact that people around the globe are finally saying, "Hey, you know what? We've had enough too." In New Zealand, they marched for George Floyd. Um, in Australia, mm-hmm. in England, and you know, and so the whole world is saying, "You know what? They're right. Things do need to change. Mm-hmm. Equality does need to happen." And as long as people keep looking in the rearview, like, "Oh my gosh, yeah, wow, mm-hmm. so many bad things have happened. We can't deal with it." Well, nobody can, and there's no way to pay back. I, I go back to the genocide of the Native American people. There's no way to put a dollar amount and and make reparations. You know what I mean? There, it's just that was wrong. Acknowledge it, and let's see how we can move forward. And I think that's where we are with uh, race relations. 
um, you know, with the Black Lives Matter, we need to stop looking back and we need to look forward. Where do we want to go? How do we want the cops to behave? Because not all cops are bad. Um, not all politicians are bad. Not all lawyers are bad. You know what I mean? Um, you cannot judge a book by its cover, but we have to figure out as a society how to get along and not just, you know, high five or fist bump on the way by, but how can we interact? How can we become a community, um, a diverse community? How can we help each other so that nobody is, um, you know, it's, I think I said on a previous podcast where, you know, um, they say, uh, you know, uh, golf is a white man's sport. Well, tell that to Tiger Woods. Um, tall people are the only <laughs> ones who can play basketball. Well, tell that to Muggsy Bogues. You know what I mean? There are so many um, things that are said. These stereotypes or whatever, you know, like if you lift weights, you've got to have rage issues. I don't. <laughs> you know what I mean? So um, it actually helps me to relax. And But my whole point is... Um, we, we've got to quit with the stereotyping. We've got to stop looking at people, uh, you know, and saying, wow, you know what? You're seven feet tall and built like the Hulk. You intimidate me. Well, but he may be the or she who knows. I mean, they could be the kindest person. And that's the you know, uh, you just you don't know. But until we mm-hmm. stop looking backwards, and I don't mean that we don't need to acknowledge what happened and that it was wrong so that we don't repeat it. But we've got to look forward instead of just being stagnant in the middle, because I, I don't want the conversation to end until true change has been made. Mm-hmm. And, and I think the, that's one reason why I think there are a couple of things that you said about, about the movement mm-hmm. is that in other countries and in every, all 50 states, there are protests because sometimes the protests are centered around where it happened. Right. And then maybe a couple surrounding states or maybe in some states where maybe George Ford had relatives, you know, mm-hmm. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But all over the world, it was a cry out because everywhere we go, there is some form of racism in that country or in that state, right. in that city, in that county. There is some form of racism that has occurred. Mm-hmm. And we used to be like, well, it didn't happen directly to me or <laughs> I right. can't connect with that, you know. Right. Um, and it was it's really kind of like, OK, we're at our at our wits end like you know like when we lived in saudi arabia we had absolutely no problem living in saudi arabia because we look like arabic (laughs) people right um you know like i (laughs) to say that my husband resembled um the famous person they call chop chop the family of chop chop which were the uh executioners um and so our family actually gained a lot of respect and just in this just that aspect itself However, as a woman, I had a very different experience than we had as a family, mm-hmm. uh, because as a woman, we were, um, you know, a little bit ostracized and kind of told what we could and could right. not do. <laughs> um, and so that took that took a lot because, you know, but uh, uh, being a woman and being in that country, um, I knew and had researched as much as I could. And it was difficult stepping on that ground. Mm-hmm. But once I had been there and realized you know, you're within these parameters and you have to work within these parameters, <laughs> then, you know, you could be okay. But at least in that country, it was a way for me to gain respect. Mm-hmm. Like I do have the ability to work with some of the people that are there now because I have gained that respect. I've earned that level of respect. Um, but you can get there. Mm-hmm. Whereas in this country, 
it may not be that. Like you've got to go like at the very top. You know, I have a PhD. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't say that I would get the same respect if I didn't have a PhD, if I didn't have a <laughs> master's degree, if I didn't go to college at all. They're not going to look at me and think that I have any level of intelligence um, because of the color of my skin. Mm-hmm. And and that's something, or or because of my gender, who knows? But right. it's going to definitely be some discriminatory factor that don't have anything to do with my intelligence. Mm-hmm. And that's the difference. You know, and right. it could it could be that's not true at all, but that's how it's perceived, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. um, and that's what we have to, that's something we have to work on. But I do believe the difference here is that, um, it's all over the world. Mm-hmm. It's like, it has got to stop. And I like your analogy when you said, you know, like looking in the rearview mirror and I, what I envisioned was the world coming to an end. You got this one person in this huge station wagon we used to have in the seventies, mm-hmm. <laughs> in that car right. and they got all this room and they're driving and they're passing by all these people mm-hmm. and they're seeing the world just crawl behind them, but they just want to go as fast as they can and get the heck out of there. Right. I'm saying, pull over, fill up your vehicle mm-hmm. with whomever right. is standing there. And then take off. But a lot of times we're looking at racism in the rearview mirror. Like, it's not happening to me. I'm out of here. Right. That's happening to somebody else. I see it. You know, it's traumatic for me. But, you know, I'm out of here. Right. Um, and so, you know, things have to, you know, we, we've got to, like you said, you know, move forward. But we do have to, we have to have open discussion. Mm-hmm. We have to look back and pick up all the pieces that we can and try to put it together. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's never too you know, late. A friend of mine yeah. posted a uh, yeah. rich, a bit of Richard Pryor stand up on Facebook, and it was amazing. <laughs> this was like early seventies, and I've always thought Richard Pryor was funny, uh, but in the seventies, I was a little kid. So if whenever my uncle was around and he was watching Richard Pryor on TV, and of course it was the edited version, but I, I didn't get everything that uh, Pryor was trying to say. But the fact that right. a big part of his bit was about. Uh, mm-hmm police brutality against blacks mm-hmm. and he was talking about man they'll they'll f you up <laughs> you know and mm-hmm. the fact that i guess too many people just said ah he's a comedian this is common mm-hmm. this isn't real or there's plausible yeah, there's deniability right mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. but so you know as one person uh, uh an acquaintance of mine a good writer comedy writer on uh, twitter was saying um how can white people not know where the black people, you know, that the black people have been held back and they're in bondage. And, and you know what I mean? That whole, um, the discrimination factor when it is so a part of their culture, their music, um, the movies, everything you look at Spike Lee, you look at everything that has been said over the years. Um, so I, again, I think that goes back to your, uh, theory of, of white deniability, you know, mm-hmm. where it's just, you know, I, I, I think some people are, diehard racist because that's the way they've been raised or by their experience, you know, they, they mm-hmm. went to Harlem and they got their asses kicked, you know? Um, uh-huh. and so you, you, I understand how some people are molded. I don't think anyone is born racist. I think if we were just, you know, like there was one sci-fi movie yeah. where everybody was raised by, like they had robots and all the kids, mm-hmm. all the different, you know, every skin color was in the room. They were raised by robots. They didn't know racism. Um, but Mm -hmm. I think it's almost human nature to want to, instead of just feeling good about you, which was, is kind of the flavor of the, this whole episode. If you know what makes you shine, if you know what makes you special and unique and what turns you on, you know, what you get excited about. I mean, like Michelle gave me, 
um, a really nice Darth Vader lightsaber replica for my birthday. And I'm sure Aww. a lot of men would be like, oh, what? I would rather go to the Super Bowl or, you know, when I get some oh. more weights or something. You know what I mean? And I don't need yeah. that stuff. My wife knows yeah. what I like. Yeah. So mm -hmm. she gave me an appropriate mm -hmm. gift for me. Um, mm -hmm. But, I, you know, it's when you know what. I mean, and I'm very unapologetic. If you get one of these mm -hmm. days, I hope you can visit me or I can visit you and, um, you know, in our in our natural habitat. And, you know, I can check out your greenhouse. You can check out my uh, my office that has uh, sci fi stuff everywhere, you know, but but I'm very unapologetic about it. And some people have come over and gone, holy crap, your wife lets you do this. And I'm like, she encourages me to do this because she knows that that's what makes me smile. Makes happy. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. but it's. I think exactly. when you when you're confident, then you don't have to be mm -hmm. better than anybody else. But if you feel right. bad about yourself, then you have to find somebody to step on. Back when I was in grade school, um, I was a skinny little runt and people would come up and push me and whatever. And I, I didn't start taking up for myself until I think it was in fifth grade. And um, it would be a good year of school and then a bad year and a good year and a bad year where I'd be in a good class where people didn't care. And then the next year, it's like, we're going to kick your ass. And so, um, you know, and so that was my experience. But it was because these kids didn't feel good about themselves. And once there was a skinnier guy who got picked on more than me, I'm like, Phew. On to him, dogs. Go after him. <laughs> I'm gonna sit here at my desk, and I'm, you know, and yeah. so exactly, yeah, exactly. But it's so. Do you think yeah. hate can be educated into love and acceptance? Um, I think that we have to unlearn what we've learned. Yoda, and that's a good learn. Yoda quote. Really? Yes. <laughs> that's what he's. That's what he told Luke. You're gonna have to unlearn what you have learned. Carry on. I'm sorry. I, I couldn't resist that. Oh though. That gosh, was a direct I Star Wars quote. Was. <laughs> you were saying something and very important, though. <laughs> so what we think is original is really not original. So yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm not this huge Star Wars fan, so I can't say. I do know who Yoda is. Right. Um, you nailed it. But. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I do believe that. I do mm -hmm. believe that we have to unlearn, which means we have to revisit. We have to go back. Right. Um, like we can't celebrate Juneteenth if we don't understand what it is. Right. You know, it's not just a day off. Like, it's, you know, obviously, it's not a national holiday, but it's not just a day off. It's just not to celebrate. Like, we have to understand that mm -hmm. uh, the slaves were freed mm -hmm. and, you know, Everyone uses the excuse that, that, you know, it took a while for the information to spread across the United States, right? right? <laughs> and so it may have taken two years for everyone to know that they were actually free. Mm -hmm. Really? Yeah. Like, that's not why. It's just that, that white people were told that the slaves were free and they were like, oh, hell no, they're not. Right, either. exactly. Yeah. And, you know, it's, <laughs> and, and that's it. I'm not freeing those slaves. I own this. You're not taking what's mine. Right. It's like, you're not taking my land. You're not taking my house. You're not taking my slave. Mm -hmm. You know, and so, uh, and then slaves, and, you know, it's not like they were, they were uh, free uh, people in the United States of America in the beginning, and then they became slaves. Mm -hmm. See, all they knew in the United States of America was slavery. Right. And so I'm sure someone said, what does that mean? What do we do now? Mm -hmm. Now what? Like, oh, no, I'm just going to stay here. Right. You know, I've got a roof over my head. I've got, you know, a job. And even if it's not paying me, I still, I've got food. You know, I've got farmland. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm, I could live. I could survive. You're going to send me out into the world? Yeah. People worse than my master are going to be trying to kill me and hang me and, 
Right. You know, get a bounty on me and, and it's I got to carry around this piece of paper. It's legal yeah, if exactly. not encouraged. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And I got to carry around this piece of paper. You got to carry around a piece of paper to say that you're, you're free. And it depends on who is standing in front of you mm-hmm. and who's standing beside you as to whether or not that's even going to be accepted. Because that same little piece of paper, I'm sure, was burned or torn up. I don't know how many times. Right. And said, well, you have no proof that you're free. Right. And that, we have to we have to remember that. We have to remember that to know why Juneteenth and any other holiday that we celebrate mm-hmm. um, is it even exists. Mm-hmm. Like, why is it a thing? Mm-hmm. You know, um, and you know, it's it, you know, I I don't I don't even know if it's a thing to celebrate. I do celebrate and I do recognize Juneteenth, mm-hmm. but it's like you know, what are we saying? It's like it it, it took two years, yeah. and had it not been for I guess for someone to make that decision that wait a minute, we still have some people who you know have slaves around here, right? Uh, and who knows? It could have been a person that was just like, why well, my slaves get to go free and yours don't? So now I'm going to tell on you, right? You know, so we don't even know why it happened the way it happened, but it did, right? Um. But it's just a it's 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 a sad thing because even when they freed the slaves and, you know, talk about Lincoln freed the slaves. But however, <laughs> that actually really came mm-hmm. came to be. There was no plan. Right. You know, we're just going to give them a piece of paper. Right. Just like a social security card would be and say that you're free and everybody has to do that. Eat individual slaves. Well, it wasn't going to happen that day because, you know, there's only 24 hours in a day. Slave owners saying, well, you know, I've got 30 slaves. I can only free free you, you know, two two of you a day. Right. Um. You know, you know, it's just so we're going to take the old people who can't work that much anyway, you know, right. and free them and then have nobody take care of them. And so they'll just stay here and work with you. Mm-hmm. You know, I can free you, but you can stay here and work and I'll give you some land. It was just it was, it was just the oddest thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that is why that is why it's so hard when the lesson is told from the white person's point of view. It is so hard to get across, you know that we kept these people enslaved. Mm-hmm. That means they did anything and everything that we told them, good, bad, or indifferent. Mm-hmm. And we were able to do whatever we wanted to them. And now you say we want to make them equal? Mm-hmm. From a white person's perspective? Mm-hmm. You're like, what the hell? Yeah. How, how does that even make sense? And whose idea was that? <laughs> you know? Right. Well, you lost the war. That's what that really was about. The whole thing that we celebrate, the whole Confederate flag, you lost. Right. What are you celebrating? Right. That's from a black person's perspective. Mm-hmm. You lost. Mm-hmm. Like, I would be, like, not liking that flag at all going, we sucked. Right. Yeah. You know? Well, that, and it's um, it's in the past. Uh, you know, the whole, yeah. um, you know, the statues that are coming down, um, mm. I don't have a problem with it. Um, and the, everybody getting up in arms with, uh, the Columbus statue being beheaded and torn up or whatever. I don't give a crap about that. I have had my misgivings and we won't even get into it now, but, uh, I, I understood Columbus quite some time Mm -hmm. ago as far as what he did Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. why people want to celebrate Columbus. That's, I, I've always felt it was wrong. Just like Uncle Ben and Aunt Jemima on the shelves waving like, hey, we're racist. You know what I mean? Um, Mm -hmm. That bothered me. I mean, like decades ago. And I couldn't really put a finger on it, but I just felt bad like that is wrong. And now suddenly and this is the thing. If you feel like something's wrong, then talk about it. Discuss it. See who I mean, and not just amongst your 
comfy friends um mm-hmm. talk about amongst your diverse friends that maybe this is a topic that you know some people wouldn't even think about bringing up but say hey you know i i feel like that's racist and then you're gonna find other people going wow pff, thank you you're right we felt the same way and then change could be made but as long as people are quiet it's like that the little comedy bit that taika watiti did this was years ago but then he reposted it on twitter i thought it was funny but um it's it's run, it's a satire, but it's run like a uh, an infomercial where he's asking for donations. And he was like, you need to give racism. And he he made the the steadfast point that it is, is awful. Um, you don't get anything out of it. And it, even if you're quiet, if you don't step up, you're still racist. And you're racist on the inside mm-hmm. and all this stuff. But he did it in such a creative way that I, I hope that, I didn't post it on my Facebook. I hope people will watch it and go, wow, you know what? By my silence... I am kind of condoning. Maybe I don't feel comfortable about saying something, but I guess I really need to step up to the plate Um, because that's how change is going to happen is less people being quiet. And I I do hope the peaceful protests continue until change is made. Um, I did have one question for you. I I know a lot more about um, Native American tribes of old before the white man came in and colonization and all that. And Mm -hmm. I know a little bit about African tribes, but the tribe mentality, as I understand it was it's a village that looks after its own. You know what I mean? Where, Mm -hmm. you know, it's Mm -hmm. like, Hey, you're able-bodied. You're going to go out hunting. Um, You're really skillful with the knife. We're going to let you get the hides ready Mm -hmm. for tanning. And then, um, you know, uh, you're going to, you're going to cook, you're going to do this. Hey, there's kids that need to be educated and taught how to use bow and arrows. Mm -hmm. And so you older guy with the bum leg, we're going to let you teach them because you're an excellent teacher, but everybody Mm -hmm. looked after everybody. And including when you got, you know, you talk about retirement, when you got to the point where, you know, you couldn't run around, you couldn't hunt, you couldn't, then they looked after you because you had been such a good member of their society. Um, And so I wonder how much, um, you know, when, like you were saying, when the slaves were freed and they didn't know what to do exactly because they had, they had a house, they had a, a roof over their head and they were being fed. And is that not kind of reminiscent of what they had in Africa? Um, so is did yeah. that not further? Cause I mean, when you go from one thing and then you go to something similar, although it was still awful, but still from, from a perspective, it's like, you know what? I'm being fed, I'm being housed. Um, and so you, you get domesticated for lack of a better term. And then mm-hmm. you are released and you don't know what to do because this is completely foreign not to have a tribe. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, does, did that not further complicate things? And no. And so I feel like there's that when when slavery was abolished, then it's like, fine, do it your way without training and educating and, and being treated as equal. No one is going to advance no one is going to be able to survive um you're exactly right and i'm going to tell you something too Mm -hmm. i don't ever want you to feel uncomfortable asking a question because i can feel you pushing and then putting (laughs) a little bit back you i appreciate (laughs) that (laughs) you can all you can always ask me a, a, a question because it is about um 
uh, clearance and understanding mm-hmm. and trying to understand it from my perspective. And I do appreciate that. Mm-hmm. So I can't answer. I can't answer and speak and speak to that from my own mm-hmm. uh, perspective, from my own. And I always say my grandparents, I was very fortunate to be raised with my grandparents because I was um, I feel like so I was educated a little mm-hmm. bit more about their parents and their parents, parents, which which allows me to have information from my great, great, great grandparents perspective. We're now we're talking about slavery. Right. Um, and so that that so yes, I want I definitely love to speak to that. Wouldn't even mind doing a whole show on that Let's because do I do want to be able to open that open that dialogue and mm-hmm. and uh, and help everyone feel comfortable. But I also want to say before I even respond to that is that I appreciate you um giving us this platform um <laughs> because it's important and i'm gonna be honest with you it, without this platform i would not speak on it public publicly right um and i don't really know if i pinpointed why i would choose not to speak on it publicly um because i am of the same kind of person who just really want to have a, a positive persona mm-hmm. out there right um but i do feel like this is a safe platform because i'm allowed to speak and share and expound on it and not just make like a tweet, mm-hmm. you know, and then like have people like trying to figure out what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. So going back to what you're saying about the whole, um, uh, the, the tribal thing, mm-hmm. uh, when we did our roots, we went back to Creole Creek and Seminole Indian. Wow. So I do know when some slaves were freed, uh, and this was like part of my son's history thing. He loves history. <laughs> um, That's good. But, um, yeah. And so it was, you know, because at the time we were like, why don't you get such long, pretty ears, like a beautiful head of hair? Mm-hmm. Where'd this hair come from? You know, and, <laughs> um, you know, but I knew my grandmother was Creole, which is like French and Indian and Caucasian and a whole bunch of other different things. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but there were many of um, our people and I'm just talking about slaves in general mm-hmm. that did pair with um, Native Americans mm-hmm. um, and they to to I guess to feel more. Uh, in a family and part of a tribe, and so American um, Native Americans taught them to like how to survive in the United States of America for things that they have mm-hmm. gone through, and you know, and yeah, there were some Africans that actually uh, had land because they went to Native Americans and lived on their tribe, mm-hmm. and of course they had children with them and families and stuff, and the generations went through. So there were there were that's why I would often say brown people mm-hmm. because it's like you know, they're not really black Americans, right. you know, everybody's so multi racial these days and so there were there, there was a uh, a desire to be back in your tribe mm-hmm. and you know there were um um africans that were brought to the united states closer to um emancipation did have an opportunity to go back home mm-hmm. only to find that their people had been stolen right and brought back to the united states or someplace else not just the united states but someplace else right. and was enslaved. So that was heartbreaking for them too. But yeah, they did. They did miss that. Um, at least my assumption based on what I've been told, kind of gathering it together that they missed their tribe. They missed their family. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and, and so some of them were able to do native American things. Some of them were able to go back to their country. Uh, we just don't hear about them because they're not in the United States. Right. <laughs> um, but, uh, and some of them did, you know, adapt what you were referring to without saying it, a slave mentality. Right, right. And that is, that is the, um, what am I supposed to do? Because someone's always told me what to do. Right. So what do I do with that? I mean, we have been stripped of everything to include our names. Mm -hmm. Like we have no, and our names are tied to our tribes, you know? And so it's like, 
we have no idea who we are. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just like Babylon, you know, we're going to take different tribes because, you know, even though um, slave owners couldn't understand the language, they knew that people were speaking different dialects. So we were putting these dialects together. Right. Um, we're going to put too many tribe people together because then they can speak their language and then they can gather together and they, they can escape. <laughs> and, you know, so we've got, right. we've got to break them up. If they can communicate with each other, they need to be speaking a language that we understand, English. And that's the whole thing about you're in the United States of America, speak English. is that I want to understand what you're saying. Because mm-hmm. if you're trying to escape, I want to know about it. If you're trying to hurt me, I want to know right. about it. Um, and so um, white people adapted that because they were trained mm-hmm. to say, force someone to speak English so you would know what was going on. Mm-hmm. What makes you think that you have a right or an entitlement to know what someone else is saying in their in their own native tongue? Right. You know, and that's just so you will know what's going on. But we don't know. That's why we do that. We don't know. We're like usually speaking English during America, not realizing that part of what was, you know, came out of, of slavery. Right. Of wanting to force people to speak the language that you understood. Mm-hmm. So you would always be in the know. And um, that's those are the things that we have to unlearn. Mm-hmm. But um, we have a slave mentality. Uh, many of us, and it's not just black people with slave mentality, it's white people with slave mentality mm-hmm. as well, um, and, and not really understanding the importance of everyone being treated equally, everyone being treated with dignity and respect. We're still trying to force our own beliefs onto a person. Right. And when we have a, a minority that actually uh, agrees with us, if we're a white America, mm-hmm. we think that they're different, they're unique, they're uh, smart, they're whatever we want them to be mm-hmm. in a positive manner. Right. So they're, we, you know, we can, we can, you know, if I can head a quarter for every time someone says, but you're different. <laughs> 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 what? <laughs> they used to say that to me a lot. And I would come into a restaurant for a meeting and every, and, and I am loud and I try not to be, but on, my voice resonates. But the fact that I don't really have a country accent and I would walk into a restaurant, meet whoever I was meeting, and it was usually movie people. And um, and everybody would be like, what? what? These aliens have just arrived. And, um, you know, and that was what people repeatedly told me. It's like, yeah, you're different, man. You're not from around here. Uh, where did where did you grow up? I was right around here in North Carolina. But, um, yeah, it, it's interesting. But, you know, it's if you are only looking for people who agree with you or who will come to agree with you, you don't have diversity in thinking at all. And I think that was one of the things that I enjoyed so much working with Vanel over the years is um, different perspective. And so I come with my my beliefs and, and everything. I come with me, she comes with her, and she would say, well, but you know, this is the way women think about this. Oh, that's a good point. You know what I mean? Or this is how, um, you know, all, from all different levels. And so that that helped me and it helped her because we could then understand more people. So the more people that come together and pour into the pot, so to speak, the more you understand, wow, culturally, this is this is what's happening. And then culturally, they're not saying this, they're saying that. And it's not a bad thing, you know. And then so people start to understand each other and speak in this universal language, even though everybody may have, you know, they still speak Spanish or French or whatever. Um but we start to understand the shorthand of their speaking so that it's we we just go in the flow and we 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 can we can become a, a big tribe a very diverse tribe and we can move forward into a very positive future mm-hmm. this is true and if, if if but we do have to unlearn 
Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think what's difficult is that some people may not even know what they need to do to move forward. Yep. And that's why I come up with police your own and police yourself. Mm-hmm. Like you have to really don't take some thought, mm-hmm. <laughs> don't take some time, <laughs> right. but you have to really, really think about, cause I don't want people paranoid about something's going on or they missing something or they need to do something. Mm-hmm. And I don't want everyone to feel as though they're obligated to do something. Right. You know, um, you are obligated not to do nothing. Does that make sense? Yeah. But, <laughs> <laughs> right. You can't just, you can't just, you can't just like sit aside and not do anything and expect for it to happen. Right. But, um, say if you're a parent then your, your obligation starts with your children, mm-hmm. you teach them what is right. And, um, by everyone mm-hmm. don't, if you've got it, if you're educating your children and you're saying, but this, however, then you're negating anything else that you're teaching them, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and you do have to teach, children about the color of someone's skin mm-hmm. a lot of people say i don't see color mm-hmm. what do you see when you when you look at me right well i don't see color well you don't see my personality because i'm just staring at you so i what do you see <laughs> what do you see yeah like you you know you be be real about that right you know if if you tell me well, i think you have beautiful brown skin thank you right if you tell me i'm beautiful then i'm wondering do you mean because you like black people right or are you like you know, what is it that you're looking at? You think that's beautiful about right, me. right? Like I'm proud to be black. I mean, yeah. you, you say you like my brown skin. I'm like, thank you, because yeah. I don't have like a bunch of wrinkles, and I, you know, I'm good. <laughs> right. I, I do. I do have gray hair. I own it. <laughs> you know, but you know, but you, but it, you can't look through me, and mm-hmm. um, you've got you've you. We really need to just identify who we are. Like I saw a little girl um the other day who had a beautiful head of red hair. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw that if I said, oh my God, you know, she has beautiful hair and I didn't acknowledge the fact that it was red, mm-hmm. then am I supposed to assume that they know that it's because it's red that it's beautiful right. because that is part of it and that I found it, you know, attractive. Yeah. Uh, but, it's a, but it's the same thing. It's like, I don't want us to not see each other and not see who right, we are, right. but not saying you're beautiful because you're black. Right. And right. that's how I see you because, you know, like it's not the reason why, but don't look through me either. Right. Right. Um, so we just have to, you know, so many lines like, Oh, you know, but this, yes, you can do this, but not this, mm-hmm. or maybe it's this, it's not that. If we can start seeing each other as equal and really see who we are mm-hmm. inside and out, I just think we'd be better off. Oh, definitely. Um, but you know, and you have to unlearn. You know, okay. So here's how you unlearn some things. Read up on history. Mm-hmm. Not that, not the school history books right. that they're giving to the little kids, because those are lies. Oh yeah. But <laughs> can I interject right quick? And I know I've said this sure, before, sure. but <laughs> the fact that I didn't know that Black Wall Street was a thing <gasps> until I watched HBO, uh, <laughs> the Watch. I mean, the HBO series Watchmen. That's where I saw it, and I was like, "Wow, I know about Bass Reeves because I was." involved in trying to get that movie off the ground and then denzel washington stepped in and said i think i and two completely different uh uh, movies but uh we were going to do an independent version and then denzel said hey you know what this is awesome i think i'm going to do it and then of course it was never done but once someone like denzel washington the upper echelon of actors says I think I'd like that role. Then there is no funding for the independent movie. But anyway, my whole point is I knew that that was a factual person. So then I looked up Black Wall Street and said, oh, my God, this happened. I was never taught that in school. 
you know? So yeah. you are, you are right. The whitewashing of history that is taught in the public schools should, is shameful because if we don't know about the past, we can't learn from the past and we cannot make a better future. We're going to continue to make these mistakes that we, we don't mm-hmm. need to. Yeah. And for those who don't know about Black Wall Street, mm-hmm. it's do your research. Um, and do a movie and, and about it thing. because people need to hear yeah, about yeah. it, you know? Yeah, do a movie about it. But um, because um, it's going to come back. The movement is back. It's on. Mm-hmm. Um, the, 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 I'm not going to say problem. There's no problem with it uh, because people could do whatever they want to do. I really do believe that. But here's the thing is that, uh, you know, Black Wall Street in itself, Tulsa, Mm-hmm. was uh, created in this in this era of white people didn't want blacks going to their schools. They didn't want them shopping at their stores. Mm-hmm. They didn't want them going to their movie theaters. They didn't want to give them loans for, you know, to get houses for banks and right. stuff. And that's how Black Wall Street was created because there were these people, black people, that were intelligent, well-educated, um, you know, scientists, um, inventors, mm-hmm. Uh, bankers, you know, all these people mm-hmm. who were trying to live equally in, exactly. in yep. you know, among white America. And it didn't matter how far, how high you got up, whatever, you just, only a few people got in, you know, people who we thought would be compliant. So, you know, we let them in. Right. Like I said, I use the term we inclusively, right. but <laughs> uh, so white people let the, you know, so white people let the black people in who they thought, you know, just a few here and there. And they used to call them tokens, mm-hmm. you know, right. this is a token black person in the company and never going to be president of the company, but we can make you the head cashier. Right. You know, so, um, you know, just just those those things. So so Black Wall Street was created so that we had black businesses and we had black banks and we had blank black uh, lending companies for homes and we had you know black clothing stores and where black people could go in, mm-hmm. affluent black people, mm-hmm. and feel comfortable buying what they wanted, doing what they wanted, and created this this evolution. What people fail to realize about Black Wall Street is that it was growing. Mm-hmm. And it was getting big and it and and financially black people were doing really well and black people were helping black people mm-hmm. and we were teaching them the same thing that white people were teaching you near know, white people, but they had their own little world. They weren't bothering anybody. Mm-hmm. They weren't stepping on anyone's toes. They're just living in their own world. Like you don't want us in your world, but we are United States citizens, so we're gonna learn how to live separate. Right. But equal. Right. Right. That's what you wanted. That's what we're doing. <laughs> and then, of course, you know, you have you have all the white people come in and, um, you know, who who were racist. And this happened a lot, you know, where they basically killed thousands of people, burned down all of the uh, stores, destroyed all the buildings and everything. And so it was like a damned if you do, damned if you don't. Right. We don't want you living among us. We don't want you shopping at our stores. Mm-hmm. And we surely don't want you to, you know get ahead and do things on your own and be even more, you know, um, equal, you know, advanced than we are. Yes. Yeah. To be equal. <laughs> right. We don't want you to do that. So, and so now, you know, we're doing, people are doing black lives matter. People are doing mm-hmm. black owned businesses because it's like, you don't want us and you're making that extremely clear, but what the hell is wrong with you when you don't want us to have our own? Right. Yeah. So, you know, it's like, um, well, I was talking to someone about um, the Miss America pageant, right? And <laughs> right. it was like, why do we have to have a black Miss America pageant? Right. Well, because Miss America pageant didn't include black people. Right. Black women auditioned, black women tried out for it, mm-hmm. but they wouldn't let them compete. Well, we thought we had beautiful people too. And so we had a Miss Black America mm-hmm. pageant. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of off of the line of, 
when we had Vanessa Williams, who was black, right. won the Miss America pageant. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, you could strip her of a title because she posed nude with another woman. Right. You know that there were 10 other Miss Americas that posed nude with other women yeah. before her. <laughs> <laughs> right. And but they, they were they were white title. and it was okay. And I but put that in invisible it air quotes, okay. right? Exactly. And now we have a first lady who can do whatever the hell she wants to do. And yeah. she's a first lady. But had she been a black woman, had that been, you know, Michelle Obama. Right. Barack would never have been president, you know, and right. so that's the thing. Like that, that's what we're saying. We're not saying that oh, all the white women who did pose that way should have been stripped of their title. We're just saying the black woman that did pose that way should not have been stripped of her title. Right. And I think that's what people don't get. Like for nine times, you said that it was okay, it was no big deal. But the one time this, you know, black woman does it, mm-hmm. then it's not okay. Right. I also think that whole thing is a farce because they didn't know she was black. <laughs> They didn't know when Vanessa Williams won as a light-skinned, green-eyed lady. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody figured it out until her parents were standing there. They're going, wait a minute. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Those people look a little brown, <laughs> you know, so. It, you know, <laughs> it, it happens. But that's the thing. And uh, see, that's what's happening now. And I think that that's what's going to separate us as as America, because obviously, if there's black owned businesses, I'm going to be a patron of those businesses, mm-hmm. which means that's going to cut back on the United States as a whole, you know, you know, getting some things, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, um, and, and I think that one thing that white America doesn't understand is that the reason there are black owned businesses, the reason there's black lives matter, the reason, like I said, I don't support the whole concept of what they're doing by separating, mm-hmm. but I do believe black lives matter, you know what right. I mean? Um, so just because you uh, say one thing to me, you have to support the whole concept. And that's the thing that you can um, support, I guess, an idea of something mm-hmm. um, without saying, so I'm going to march in the street with this leader. Right. You know, right. Um, who's saying that everybody should be separate because mm-hmm. um, that, that's not going to work either. Right. I mean, this just this is 2020 and this new generation is not going to let us live separately. So, but right. the thing of it is, is that because people are being killed in the street and murdered and nothing, no action is being taken. It's not about, yes, we want the murders to stop, but the thing of it is when they do happen, you're not punishing the person right. that's doing it. Right. And I think that makes it even a bigger problem right. because the protest was because you didn't arrest the police officers that killed him. Mm-hmm. Not, we didn't get to the point that they killed him, that you didn't arrest him. Right. And so then you're condoning this, mm-hmm. you know, you're sitting back and saying that it's okay. But, but now, you know, we are coming, you know, you know, like I said, using the term inclusively, but we're coming back with more black owned organizations mm-hmm. and people are talking about the whole black wall street all over again. It's like, if you're going to keep killing us, right. if you're going to keep, you know, arresting us for no reason, if you're going to keep, you know, doing these things and and we're going to keep having a slave mentality because we don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. Then we're, we're going to come back with Black Wall Street. We're going to come back with how to build up right. our communities. I know at least 100 people who are only shopping at black owned businesses now. Mm-hmm. And that is going to to hurt mm-hmm. our economy. Right. And, you know. I'm, you know, I'm going to, obviously I'm going to, I'm going to shop at the community that I know I need to shop at. I'm not going to go in and be hurt or harassed, you know, just because I'm trying to make a point, but it's just like, I'm just speaking out to white America. If you want to keep the United States of America great, Mm -hmm. then you need to start practicing, you know, inclusion and diversity because we're going to have a problem. Right. 
it, it's it's going to be bad because there are more people of color and more white people who support black owned things in order to keep things equal mm-hmm. that the economy is going to hurt. It's not going to be just black people shopping at black owned businesses. Right. Well, money, so, money talks. Yeah. We've known that for all of our lives. And, um, mm-hmm. and you know, just like when you, um, if a boat is in the water and you were to pull mm-hmm. it out, like if you were a giant and you pull the boat out of the water really fast, then there's going to be a, a hole there where the boat used to be. Mm-hmm. Then the water comes in and, and smacks and, will splash out and over things and then it settles back down and things have been broken for so long. Um, there's not, it's not like there's not going to be a tsunami of some kind, you know what I mean? Financially Mm -hmm. or, 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 you know, whatever at every level. And we have to come together to be able to weather that storm so that we can be stronger because, it's the United States of America is what we call ourselves, but we are very divided and we've got to tear down those barriers uh, before it's too late because eventually it's like, you know what um, we we've, we've shared and this is on every side we've shared and shared and you don't give a damn. So fine. We, we're, we're going to build our walls and the whole world right. loses when that happens. Exactly. That's my point. And the whole world loses. Mm-hmm. And, you know, going back to uh, conversations, especially uncomfortable ones, there is a uh, guy who I've never heard before, but uh, his name is Emmanuel Acho and huge guy. I mean, like uh, maybe he just enjoys lifting weights. But anyway, um, he has a YouTube channel called Uncomfortable Conversations with a Black Man. And one of the and the one that I saw had Matthew McConaughey on there and very constructive conversation where questions are asked by by both of them both you know Acho and and McConaughey um and it, it that's what's needed just like you and I sitting down and doing this podcast so that people who are afraid to ask those questions maybe could can be encouraged and and educated by what what we talk about but to to reach out to a different community someone who doesn't think it think exactly like you and say hey I have a mm-hmm. question and it comes from a place of innocence or whatever. I mean, you know, it's but but get that conversation going because that's where the healing happens. There's been this gangrenous Band-Aid that that has been on um, the body of the United mm-hmm. States since mm-hmm. I mean, forever, you know, and it's mm-hmm. it has to be removed and it has to be dealt with. And it's better to plan the surgery and be educated about it. And go into the hospital yes. and have a doctor look after you. You know what I'm saying? And then it's like, you know, we're mm-hmm. going to have post-op and pre-op and all this stuff um, versus, oh, my God, war triage. You know what I mean? And so mm-hmm. because then it's just like, wow, you know what? We're going to have to make some decisions and and, and they're not necessarily going to be, you know, wise because they have to be done in that moment. So that's my hope is that mm-hmm. people will begin these discussions and find out that we're so much alike. I think when you can talk to people um, and especially, you know, like, and hey, I'm fortunate to, to be in the entertainment industry where it is very diverse, but you sit down at a table with six different people who have different backgrounds, different worldviews, different life views, sex views, whatever. Um, and you start discussing it openly without judgment. And you're like, wow, we're all the same, you know, in lots of ways mm-hmm. we can, we can like very, different things we have different taste so to speak but yet we all we're all very similar we still have the same passions and 
Um, so I think we're all a lot more alike. And if you can find the beauty in everybody um, without judgment, then I, just the world would be such a better place. Mm-hmm. I think that um, if you can imagine us all being blind, mm-hmm. then that is a way to like, if you can just close your eyes, I do want you to see me. I want you to see that I'm a, yeah. a strong black woman. That's how I see mm-hmm. myself. But if when you start talking about like the types of food that we like and like, you know, the types of fun activities we like to do, it is not based on the color of our skin. Right. It is based on the things that we like to do. Right. And if we can start looking at, at everyone as being equal and not giving a reason or justification as to why someone likes something mm-hmm. because it's because of the color of their skin. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's like, um, you know, I, I remember posting on Facebook, I always post my vegetables and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I, um, I was hesitant to post that I was growing watermelons <laughs> and I was like, right. How, how, do, <laughs> how do I post this? Right? right. And so I was like, I'm growing cantaloupe and squash and zucchini right. and watermelons and apples, you know, just kind of throw it in the middle. Mm-hmm. And um, and I shouldn't feel that way. I should feel like someone says, "Oh, she's growing watermelon." Right. You know, black people like right. watermelon, <laughs> and it's so it's the craziest thing. But I would like not to have to think about that. It would be I would awesome, like wouldn't it? Have to consider the fact that I'm going to be judged because I grew watermelon. Right. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And so I was like, it's a yellow watermelon, right? I grew like yeah. small round yellow, like a unique <laughs> watermelon, not like a big red watermelon. <laughs> like, why is that? Why is that? even an issue, but that's the thing, yeah. you know, it happens. It's like, cause, because we have unlearning to do as well. Right. You know, because just like we're saying you need to unlearn all the negativities that you have about black people in general mm-hmm. and start treating people equally. Mm-hmm. We also need to unlearn how we feel you may be thinking. Right. Right. Because some you of know, us, some uh-uh. of us don't. I, I remember yeah. with my first wife, we we're out, um, I don't know, going to Walmart or something. And, we pulled up to a light and there was a guy in a truck and I thought it was my friend, buddy. And so I waved and the guy looked at me kind of odd. And my ex uh, said, well, what are you waving at that guy for? Do you know him? I said, oh, I thought it was buddy. And she said, yeah, but that guy's black. And, but in my artistic mind, I didn't see skin color. I saw bone structure. <laughs> I saw the yeah. beard and I saw that beater of a pickup truck. And I thought it was Buddy, who was a white guy. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. it sometimes yeah. you, and, and, and I, like I, I believe we're all family as all around the globe and, and dysfunctional mm-hmm. family as it may be. When I call somebody my brother or my sister, it has nothing to do with any kind of ethnicity or whatever, because that, that's been some backlash, too. You know, if I call somebody who is black my brother, I'm not saying, hey, bro, like some 70s BS, you know? I I mean, like, I have I have brothers of all colors, and I cherish the the bond that we have as men together. And, um, but that's, you know, again, we, we've got to relax and we've got to discuss so that we can be more of more unapologetically us you know Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. and shine and you know i always tell michelle she makes me so happy she makes me smile out loud i will laugh I, i can't contain it and i think if we all get relaxed then we can all start smiling out loud 
Yes, exactly. And stop apologizing for who you are. If you if right. you don't like who you are, you think someone else is not appreciative of who you are, mm-hmm. and it's something you need to change, then change it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I, this is what I say to everyone who feels like they have to uh, apologize um, to a black person. Mm-hmm. Black person for over 401 years at a minimum have held on to uh, anxiety and guilt and shame and um, this this feeling of trying to be conscious and trying to be woke and it's a heavy burden. Mm-hmm. The last thing they need is to now hold on to feeling bad because you feel bad. Mm-hmm. It's just adding something to their shoulders. And so if you want to apologize and you're sincere, then apologize to someone that you know that's a friend who you probably have said something or done something that they were uncomfortable with mm-hmm. and you're apologizing specifically for that thing. But you cannot apologize for your ancestors because now I feel bad that you feel bad. <laughs> so now I've got even more on my shoulder. That is I'm a, like, oh, I'm so sorry you feel that way. That is you know, an I don't want you point. to feel that way. And I'm like, yeah. yeah. So now, yeah, I'm, I'm going through my day and I'm worrying about things in general. And now I'm like, oh my God, you know, so Becky is now upset. Right. And I need to make sure that she's okay. Um, and I know Becky's probably a really white girl name, but <laughs> sorry, <laughs> sorry. I don't, know, I don't know how to fix that. No, but, no, um... no. But I mean, that's that's the thing. I mean, like you know, it it doesn't yeah. uh, different names, different. You know, uh, it's um. If yeah. you watch that uh, uncomfortable conversations with a black man with Matthew McConaughey, they address names as well. I mean, it's really an yeah. awesome conversation. Um, yeah. yeah, so not that I, and so I yeah. just, you know, so yeah, so don't, you know, don't, you know, I'm unapologetically you be you, if yeah. you want to change and you want to be different, then just change and be different. Right. Just be who you are. And, <laughs> and, and, and if you want to tell your best friend or your girlfriend or whatever, you know, I'm growing and I'm, I didn't do that, mm-hmm. but don't put extra weight on people who you have no idea of the weight that they're carrying. Um, don't put it on them because for me, I see it as you're trying to release some of your stress mm-hmm. and you're trying to release some of your burden Guilt. and you're trying to feel good <laughs> and you want me to tell you you're not part of the problem. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to tell you that right. um, because I don't care if you're part of the problem. I just want you to be part of the solution. Right. So go do whatever you need to to do and let me see you do something differently because I do measure how you treat me and how you conversate with me and I don't need to stop in between and go, but they apologize because it doesn't matter any, if anybody can apologize to me for doing something. If you do it a second, third time, then right. the apology doesn't matter anyway. So just change, just right. change, just be different, just show me some growth. I mean, I will know that. Um, and so, you know, just, just, um, yeah, just be you and be the best you that you could be and, Stop apologizing for things that you have no control over mm-hmm. and don't understand. Mm-hmm. Some people are saying they're sorry and they don't even understand why they're sorry. They're just like, I don't want to be considered a racist. <laughs> um, and, and that's fine because that's the thing of it is with black people don't consider everyone a racist. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just people that are actually hurting other people. Right. Um, you know, so we're not trying to, and I use that term generally we, but I know I am not trying to generalize and call everyone a racist, like mm-hmm. everyone that I work with um, and play with and do homeschooling with and do anything with, I mean, less than 5% of those people are uh, black or African-American. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so the last thing I could think about is being around people who really don't want me to be around. I don't feel that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I feel that way, then I'm not around you. So, <laughs> you know, right. Um, I know how to remove myself from a situation. So for every white person who said, I have no idea what she stopped being friends with me. Well, it's because you said or did something and I don't have to explain myself to you. Right. Um, and then, and that's it. But if you know me for a long period of time and I have open and honest conversations with you, you don't have to apologize to me because I don't feel that you are racist. Right. Um, and so, you know, I, I'm not generalizing and putting people in a category. So, you know, you need to know that. So for all my white friends, you know, mm-hmm. no need to apologize. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm good with you. So, and that's the thing, you know, um, that we just, we just need to be ourselves, our true selves. Mm -hmm. Um, and if you don't like people because of the color of their skin, check yourself. Mm -hmm. That's the best thing you need to do. You need to check yourself because I do believe that this is going to come around. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know who my son-in-law or daughter-in-law, future son-in-law and daughter-in-law is going to look like. Right. Um, I better have an open mind. I know that. Much. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> so, yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, I have no clues and no hints into that right, right. now. So, I, but I do know that anything's possible. Yep. <laughs> so, yeah, 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 yeah. So, be unapologetically yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, be open and be honest with yourself, um, and I think that'll help us. Um, as as a, as a country, we need help as a country. Mm-hmm. Like our country, race is like a huge issue right now. Mm-hmm. But we have still so many things that are issues that we have to work on as a country. Right. Uh, and unfortunately, race is at, at the forefront of a lot of things that we do, mm-hmm. like how we we treat Arab Americans, how we treat Hispanics, um, how we treat I don't know. We can't call people aliens. They're not aliens, but foreigners. Right. Um, just how we treat everyone, it is centered around their their race or their ethnicity, their nationality, mm-hmm. and that's really sad. Mm-hmm. So. And there's some, so, I mean, like, there's also the classism, there's uh, mm-hmm. so many other exactly. things that can divide, and it's, it's interesting, mm-hmm. sometimes you go into a circle that you think, oh, well... Everybody here has a, you know, a, a DC or Marvel t-shirt on. Surely this is, you know, like a, a group that I can hang out with. But yet there's just something in the group that is really not you and you have to leave. So sometimes you, you get that feeling like, ah, I, I can be comfortable here. Whoa, no, I cannot. I got to leave the room now. <laughs> So. Yeah, I want to I want to say something interesting. We're sort of talking about because uh, I know we got to close up, mm-hmm. but um, talk about uh, inclusiveness. Mm-hmm. My son does. Um, um, they do like a freshman online thing. They they're doing at his um, his at the new college, and I think they're doing it because the freshmen may not, you know, be going to school because of COVID nineteen because all the big stuff. So they're giving them an opportunity to get to know each other. Uh, but when they were doing um, the uh, what they call the black and gold days with the university, mm-hmm. they were talking about um, what were their favorite superheroes. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I could see him, I could see his wheels turning, right. you know, black Panther, black Panther. Oh, yeah, Panther. Yeah. And before, yeah. And before black Panther was Batman for, you know, Batman. Yeah. Face. And um, no influence since, from your daughter you know, there. Black right. Panther, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, right, right. So yeah, exactly. But um so yeah, that's definitely with two two black people definitely have two 
different opinions mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> right there. But he kept saying, you know, Black Panther, and nobody else was saying Black Panther was saying, you know, all the other superheroes <laughs> and, and all that. Right. And um, and so the person that was leading the group, and he's, well, I've never, I never heard of Black Panther. Then all of a sudden, all the other kids who were naming Black um, Batman and Superman and all the other superheroes mm-hmm. said, wait a minute, we vote for Black Panther. Yeah. And so here's the thing. I thought was it because Black Panther was like, okay, so now this is the top of the list. And so <laughs> the person that was leading it, you know, I'm pretty sure either a teacher or a senior student had to go and Google it and figure <laughs> out what that was. Right. But what I saw was interesting. And, um, you know, to talk to my son about it later was like, you're implementing change with your knowledge, mm-hmm. right? Because here you are one person saying Black Panther and like 10 people voted for Batman and, 10 people voted for Superman and, you know, all that. So Black Panther was never going to get any votes right. beyond this one vote. But when the other young people saw that the leader was not really acknowledging Black Panther, because mm-hmm. they didn't know anything about oh, it. sure. Then the other kids who didn't know about it, but they hadn't chosen Black Panther, mm-hmm. changed their vote. Right. Changed their vote. Now, all of a sudden, you know, where you had, you know, trying to decide between Batman and Superman, you were trying to decide between Batman and Black Panther. And then even the other ones who had said Superman said, no, we're going to do Black Panther. Right. So Black Panther wins yeah. with one vote. Right. Now that is a new generation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because I see that this one little kid right here really values Black Panther. Mm-hmm. And nobody is acknowledging him because he's only one person. Mm-hmm. But in this, this real world, what we got going on now, mm-hmm. they're saying, nope. We're not going to silence this voice. And I was very impressed with that because I'm totally impressed with the school overall anyway. But <laughs> I was very impressed with that. But that's what we have. Mm-hmm. That's 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 why we used to have protests in, in uh, other countries and in all 50 states, because people are saying, no, this voice needs to be heard. Right. And I th- I've so, often thought during this whole, um, you know, the Black Lives Matter movement. There's the final quote from the Black Panther movie. And I, I'm not even going to try to quote it. But the fact that he was talking about the need to share the need to not remain independent, but to reach out and be a benefit to everybody, which goes right back into my star Trek mentality where science is used for the betterment of mankind, not for profit, but so that people can live easier, not the Walmart way, but um, not knocking Walmart. They help um, to a degree, but I mean, you know, but when it comes to um, you know, that, we as people need to help each other. We all need to join hand in hand and make the world a better place. And, you know, it's with, um, you know, Black Panther being such an admirable character because he has um, such a good heart. You look at Tony mm-hmm. and I'm sorry, I'm going on a comic book time rate, uh, tirade, but you know, you, you go to, uh, you look at Tony Stark and what a selfish guy he was. And yes, he evolved or whatever, but he was still very egotistical and selfish and whatever. And yes, he did the final snap and in game and uh, fixed everything. And he sacrificed his life. That's fine. But when you look at someone like Black Panther and the fact that from the beginning he had been raised, his dad mm-hmm. raised him to be a good man. And so and he wanted to do what was right. And he has a very nice uh, character arc so far anyway. Mm -hmm. And I look forward to Mm -hmm. see where that that part of the franchise is going to go. But um, but he's admirable. And that's what we need to look at. Not just, oh, well, he's black. But no, what Mm -hmm. an admirable man. 
We need to be influenced yeah. by the positive people, the admirable people um, who can inspire us all to be better, better humans. And I feel like that character exactly. is so powerful. If people will just mm-hmm. take off those glasses that are like, oh, it's, it's a black thing. I don't, I'm, that's a black movie. No, mm-hmm. it's not. Num- number one, it's a comic book movie, which is universal. But such great <laughs> yeah. things in that movie mm-hmm. that we should be inspired to take a stand. We should be inspired to do what's right. Um, so right. I, I, I applaud the, you know, the character Black Panther and, and everything that it inspires. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely good, good work. <laughs> and we're so we can close on um, uh, black the black, <laughs> black uh, You know, it's you know it's Juneteenth, so it's it like is, a big, it a big is. Deal. We didn't didn't acknowledge that, so we'll close on black Panther on Juneteenth. That's so, that is uh, awesome. Yeah. So I guess it, I guess it, you know in in uh, in the big scheme of things, it's a good conversation to have on a on a specific day. Mm-hmm. You gotta. Add that in there somehow. So right, right, right. What it is. That'll be one of the hashtags. Yeah, but, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, I think good, strong, candid uh, conversation with um, uh, you know, touch of mm-hmm. uh, uh, sense of humor and little television <laughs> and movies. Yep. You know, the infusion that <laughs> I add to thing. this podcast. <laughs> I think you and I are in good balance. <laughs> <laughs> so find find some kind of healthy balance. I hope we don't have to pay anything since you had. You had uh, mentioned Disney or Washington in the podcast. <laughs> We're not going to get fined. <laughs> <laughs> nope. He is one of my favorite actors, so I, I never mind yeah. giving him a shout out. He seems to have a very good heart and, as well. So. Yes. That's yeah. Good. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> but if he's going to leave Bass Reeves alone, I would still like to try to get that project going. So maybe somebody out there could say, you know what? That's on the shelf, man. Have your have have at it, you know? <laughs> I know. Just in case. Just in case. Just that's in case. That's right. Because that is I that's a you, great if anyone, story. If it, yeah, if anyone's wanting to know how to do psychological evaluations for police officers, give me a call since we're putting plugs in. Yes, definitely. So. <laughs> definitely. And find us on our social media accounts, all connected with uh eighteen degrees below horizon and uh it, it kind of branches out from there. But definitely reach out to us. Uh, for whatever reason, whether it's Denzel Washington saying, hey, man, you can do Bass Reeves or whether it's somebody wanting, uh, you know, Nicola to be like looking glass and have that dome where, you know, you're interrogating people and finding out exactly where they stand. So <laughs> then get out, get up with us. We'd love to hear from you. And Nicola, as always, it is a pleasure. I look forward to catching up with you every Friday or Monday or whenever we can, because it's always just it's a fun discussion. So yes. thanks for being my partner in this. Thank you. <laughs> Looking forward to the next discussion. Yes. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of 18 Degrees Below Horizon podcast. Follow us on Instagram at 18 Degrees Below Horizon and on Twitter at 18 Degrees Below. You'll find links to your host social media accounts there too. If you have topics you want to hear discussed, reach out to us via social media or our extra long email address, 18 Degrees Below Horizon podcast at gmail.com. Until next time, remember, happiness is possible. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. 
Chumba. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.